The Lord be with you and also with you. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. We gather in virtual worship this Easter Sunday. Let us worship God in spirit and in truth. The liturgy, music, and sermon are offered in the praise of God for our virtual congregation today and later around the globe. The service includes the sermon recorded March 31st, along with music and liturgy from earlier services. We welcome your support and responses. We await your self-selection of forms of leadership, ministry, and service in our midst. And as the spirit moves, when again it is permitted and safe to do so, your presence with us here in worship. Although our navy is empty, the music is full. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.
pray. Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life, grant that we who celebrate with joy the day of the Lord's resurrection may be raised from the death of sin by your life-giving Spirit. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have broken your law. We have not done your will. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Alleluia. The peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you always. Let us show signs of his peace to one another. Please be seated. A lesson from Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, chapter 15, verses 1 through 11. Now, I would remind you, brothers and sisters, of the good news that I proclaim to you, which you in turn received, in which also you stand, through which also you are being saved. If you hold firmly to the message that I proclaim to you, unless you have come to believe in vain. For I handed on to you as of first importance what I in turn had received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers and sisters at one time, 
most of whom are still alive, though some have died. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Lastly of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unfit to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am, and his grace toward me has not been in vain. On the contrary, I work harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is with me. Whether then it was I or they, so we proclaim, and so you have come to believe. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 118 with the antiphon.
give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Let Israel say, his steadfast love endures forever. The Lord is my strength and my power. The Lord has become my salvation. There are joyous songs of victory in the tents of the righteous. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. The right hand of the Lord is exalted. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. I shall not die, but I shall live and recount the deeds of the Lord. The Lord has chastened me sorely, but has not given me over to death. Open to me the gates of righteousness, that I may enter through them and give thanks to the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. I thank you that you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Please stand as you are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel. Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. John, chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. Glory to you, O Lord. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one who Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, 
not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. seated. Truth and love are resurrection words, synonyms of resurrection. Charles Wesley sang them, unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combine, truth and love let all men see. Notice how our Boston University seal is here embedded, learning, virtue, piety, truth and love for all to see. The Lord is risen, he is risen indeed. This year, on the heels of 12 months of hibernation, loneliness, worry, and death, may we hear the Easter good news at its clearest, at its fullest, at its simplest. Truth and love are resurrection words, synonyms of resurrection. More so, may we, may you, Decide from this day forward to walk in resurrection light, to look for truth, and to lean toward love. The Easter sermon comes with a stark personal call to you, a challenge for you, to walk in the light as he is in the light, to walk in truth and love. I share with you a sentence of my own The wording is my own, though, of course, as with all and all, it draws on centuries and scripture and others. Here it is. There is a self-correcting spirit of truth loose in the universe. 
there is a self-correcting spirit of truth loose in the universe. This truth, this spirit of truth, is the power of resurrection in daily life. Truth is what Easter means. In 1995, we were sent to serve a wonderful church in a new city, one more corporate and less academic, more formal and less familiar, richer but less communal than our own home city. And what a privilege, what a privilege it is to be in ministry in any case, to be present as the baby is born, to be present as the vows are taken, to be present as the losses and gains and defeats and victories of life cascade, to be present in the final hours and at the grave reciting, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. That Christmas, one of the nine Sunday school classes in that church, each with up to 150 members, hosted a downtown black tie Christmas party in the lights and splendor of that then muscular urban setting to hail the season, but also formally to welcome the new minister and his wife. What an honor. An older couple, a retired guidance counselor and lovely wife came as you would to provide the newcomers a ride. It was a little grace inside, in their case, a lifetime of grace. Some years later, as we saw our own children through high school and drawing on 40 years of experience, he said, speaking of teenagers, yes, they will take you for a ride. It would be good to have another lifetime to try to become as true and loving a couple as were David and Joan Clausen. After the dinner and dancing and festivities, we were again driven back, deposited at home by grace. This winter, January 20th, 2021, I had a note from their daughter, the apple and the tree as so often not being very far apart. Here is what she wrote. Hi, Dr. Hill. My name is Judy Kama. My parents were Dave and Joan Clausen, faithful members of Asbury for so many years. I even knew your wife when she was the music director at Onondaga Valley Presbyterian Church as I lived in Syracuse for eight years, and we were members there. I remember attending church services with my parents at Asbury during your Village Green series, I believe you called it. One sermon really resonated with me when you talked about the self-correcting power of truth loose in the universe. I really believe that, and I remember taking copious notes in church that day. And since then, I have related those words to many instances in my life and life in general, and have shared the quote with many others. I've always wanted to let you know how impactful your words were. Today, as I watched Joe Biden become our new president, your words resonated the loudest and prompted this email. Just wanted you to know that that particular sermon had tremendous staying power, and I thank you for it. I hope you and your family members are doing well. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Before we get too far down the road into Eastertide and summer, and too tripped up in detail and complexity and variety and vagary, let us announce and trust the Easter gospel. Before we get too wrapped up in the petty narcissism of small religious differences, the petty narcissisms of acute philosophical details, let us announce and trust the Easter gospel. Truth is stronger than death. <laughs> 
Now most of the people and family who modeled us the gospel are dead, including Dave and Joan and 10,000 others. But their truth, the truth in which they lived, and more so still, the truth in which and for which they died, lives on. Soon you and I will also be dead, resting in God's presence. And that is the point, the existential reminder of Holy Week, as if we needed it in April of 2021. But truth lives on. I'm a perennialist. That means that I see and hear truth across many differences, including and especially religious ones. That means I am more inclined to unity than sometimes seems popular today, more inclined to mutuality than sometimes seems politic today, more inclined to liberality than sometimes seems prevalent today, more inclined to judge that education is about what is old rather than what is new than sometimes makes the grade today, more inclined to that old perennialist creed New occasions teach new duties. Time makes ancient good uncouth. One must upward still and onward who would keep abreast of truth. Here is a hard-edged question for you. Will you live in truth? Will you? On the third day, he rose again. Truth is the resurrection of the dead. I share with you another sentence of my own, as with the first, you have heard me say it before. The wording is my own, though of course, as with all and all, it draws on centuries and scripture and others. Here it is. There is a self-revealing presence of love loose in the universe. There is a self-revealing presence of love loose in the universe. This love, this spirit of love, is the power of resurrection in daily life. Love is what Easter means. In 1981, we were sent and posted to two little churches on the Canadian border. Our daughter Emily, at age three, could see the St. Lawrence River down north in Canada from her bedroom window. We were sent to serve two rural churches, graced by gracious, loving women and men who had less education and more wisdom less money and more sense than all the other churches combined. And this appointment allowed the initiation and later the completion of a PhD in Montreal. What a privilege. What a privilege it is to be in ministry in any case, to be present as the baby is born, to be present as the vows are taken, to be present as the losses and gains and defeats and victories of life cascade, to be present in the final hours and at the grave reciting Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. A few days earlier, soon to be on the way north to that border town, and now with two little children under two, and a rented moving van soon to be packed, I drove from Ithaca to Syracuse to be interviewed for ordination. Stood outside a classroom at the university, wherein 300 or so clergy from the area were gathered awaiting my time of questioning. Outside was the SU quadrangle where we had relaxed as high school students in the neighborhood some years earlier. And outside too were the steps of Hendricks Chapel where I would be ordained later that spring if the clergy approved. In the church, you are who you ordain. In the faculty, you are who you tenure. In the university, you are what you endow. 
more on that at another time. So, yes, I was nervous. My stipend, housing, education, and future, depending on the next hour or so. Many of the clergy I knew, having been the lifeguard at their summer camp the years before, they were bright, committed, adventurous, and a bit wild. On the whole, as a group, they were, their example was, what commended the ministry to me. They were alive in ways that others were not. Others of the clergy I knew through family and upbringing. These were both mixed blessings, as some did not appreciate the lifeguard's whistle and some did not appreciate the candidate's family, so I was on edge. After a while, I was also alone, at which point an older fellow, perhaps a professor, shorter, bearded, and bespectacled, wearing jeans and sandals, came over to me. He asked who I was. He inquired about my presence. He sensed and asked after my anxiety. He nodded and smiled. Then, I realized then he was going into the meeting, he took my shoulder and said, Bob, you're going to do fine. I just know you will. And you have my vote for sure. And a clean breeze blew through me. As he departed, I thought belatedly to ask, I didn't get your name. What is your name? He replied, Smith, Houston, Smith. Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. Houston Smith, I read your book, then titled The Religions of Man. So I fumblingly responded. But he smiled, and off he went to join his fellow clergy. I'm a perennialist, but I'm a personalist, too. That means that I see and hear the divine in the human person in accord with a fine, long tradition at Boston University. And while the philosophical underpinnings of that tradition have long been withered, the heart of the matter, the heart of personal experience of love, remains, as in that perennialist professor's kindness overlooking a college campus, the friendly help of Houston Smith. We are a generation of women and men who have not yet fully heard the difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone. You can know about someone by Zoom, but to know someone takes presence, takes voice, takes body, takes talk, takes personhood, takes love. Love is stronger than death. We are a long way down the trail of I and it, and only at the trailhead of I and thou. So in one sense, I'm still a personalist a bit more inclined to conversation than is currently fashionable, to visitation than is currently ministerial, to presence than is currently possible. Here is a hard-edged question for you. Will you live in love, lean toward love? Will you? On the third day, he rose again. Love is the resurrection of the dead. Truth and love are resurrection words, synonyms of resurrection. Charles Wesley sang them, unite the pair so long disjoined, knowledge and vital piety, learning and holiness combine, truth and love for all to see. Notice how our Boston University seal is embedded here, learning, virtue, piety, truth and love 
for all to see. The Lord is risen. He is risen indeed. This year on the heels of 12 months of death, hibernation, loneliness, and worry, may we hear the Easter good news at its clearest, at its fullest, at its simplest. Truth and love are resurrection words, synonyms of resurrection. More so, may we, may you decide from this day forward to walk in resurrection light, to look for truth, to lean toward love. The Easter sermon comes with a stark personal call to you, a challenge for you to walk in the light as he is in the light, to walk in truth and love. For in a moment, we will hear again the ancient liturgy for Eucharist. We are not together to receive together the bread and the cup, but we are together in relationship by memory, in hope through prayer. And with a little imagination, with eyes closed and hearts open, we might allow the familiar ancient prayers of communion to bring us into communion. So travel with a little imagination and imagine Eucharist at Marsh Chapel. Stand to sing, pause to reflect, step out into the aisle, look at and look past Abraham Lincoln and Francis Willard, receive cup and bread, bread and cup, kneel at the altar to pray, stand in communion with the communion of saints. Here is the bread and cup of friendship. Imagine if you are willing, a baptism, a wedding, a funeral, say right here, in a congregation reciting together a creed, a psalm, a hymn, a poem. Imagine, if you are willing, a congregation currently in diaspora, but just now, by the word spoken, a gathered and thus addressable community, you and I, and all together, Sir Samcorda, lift up your heart.
work before us, for the life within us, for the fellowship among us, and thy love that surrounds us, we give thee thanks, O Lord. Bless these gifts and the givers, we pray. Through Christ, amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and joyful thing always and everywhere to give thanks to you, almighty God, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, brought us to a land flowing with milk and honey, and set before us the way of life. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy are you and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. By your great mercy, we have been born anew to a living hope through the resurrection of your Son from the dead and to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Once we were no people, but now we are your people, declaring your wonderful deeds in Christ, who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, and gave it to his disciples and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. On the day you raised him from the dead, he was recognized by his disciples in the breaking of the bread. And in the power of your Holy Spirit, your church has continued in the breaking of the bread and the sharing of the cup. And so, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. 
Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. And now with the confidence of children of God, let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever and ever.
together. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. May the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you, the blessing of God Almighty, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen.